on me because it's Santa Claus. Still confused about it. So, this week we are, we've been going to the narrative lectionary from like uh, September or so. And we are wrapping up uh, this sort of culmination of time spent into the prophets. Uh, and we are back in Isaiah because you just can't get enough Isaiah, especially in Advent. We're in that liminal space. So some of you are coming on my tattoo. I got Spin, Olaf, and Kristoff yesterday because that birthday party was off the chain. Uh, so uh, if you missed that, I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do. So, uh, all right, Isaiah 42, this is in your handout. I'm going to read through some of uh, this and uh, see if you can pick out some words we've already heard this morning. Uh, this is Isaiah 42, 1 through 9, and I'm reading out of the Holman Christian Standard Bible, which is hopefully <coughs> what you got. So, This is uh, my servant. I strengthen him. This is my chosen one. I delight in him. I have put my spirit on him. He will bring justice to the nations. He will not cry out or shout or make his voice heard in the streets. He will not break a bruised reed. He will not put out a smoldering wick. He will faithfully bring justice. He will not grow weak or be discouraged until he has established justice on earth, the islands will wait for his instruction. This is what God, the Lord says, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and life to those who walk on it. That's good news. I, the Lord, have called you for a righteous purpose and I will hold you by your hand. I will keep you and I make you a covenant for the people and a light to the nations in order to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those sitting in darkness from the prison house. I'm Yahweh. That is my name. I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. The past events have indeed happened. Now I declare new events. I announce them to you before they occur. The word of the Lord. So, it's good stuff. So, uh, just reading this text, man, this servant, right? Whoever this servant is that Isaiah uh, is prophesying, man, he sounds he sounds awesome. Or she, you know. Uh, right? I mean, that's, whoever this servant is, I mean, this, this person is what's up, right? He's doing some stuff uh, in the world, right? Now, of course, you know, it's kind of funny because... We're like, oh, that's that's Jesus, yeah, I know, and uh, which used to how it goes. I and mean, we just actually read that Matthew passage a minute ago that was like, you know, Jesus was like, yeah, that was coming, and, uh, and 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 so, um, what are we doing here? What are we talking about? Uh, you know, for um, hundreds of hundreds of years before Christ, when they would have read uh, or heard this passage in their presence, right? Um, what are they doing with this text, right? A hundred years before Christ's coming, it was a little more ambiguous. Uh, what's interesting in this text is it's not just a promise for uh, redemption uh, for the people of God, but it talks about redemption for the whole world, right? Uh, for the Gentiles, it says, for uh, that there's this new mission, right? God is extending this good news and this new thing to all the earth, right? 
I don't know about you guys, but I could use some good news for all the earth this morning, right? I think the earth could use some good news for all the earth, right? Uh, and so, yet yeah, for us today, we continue to receive this word uh, years and years later, right? Uh, and because we ourselves are, are still waiting, right? We're still here in this liminal space. Like, we are still waiting for this servant to, to come and fully enact, uh, right, uh, this here now. Uh, in today. Uh, and so what does it mean this morning that, that holy people um, holy wait? With me. Uh, what does it mean that holy people holy wait? Um, what does it mean that, that waiting is not about um, waiting is not about not being present, right? That, that waiting is not about being unpresent uh, but that, that waiting is about actually being present. It's kind of something to think about. Uh, that, that, that we live between this Christ coming and this return. That today on December 16th, right, 2018, that we light this candle that says joy, right, today. Uh, no other day do we do this. This is just today. We're, we're here today. This is all we have. Uh, so we're here. Um, the darkest week of the year, God gives us this sort of identity as, as light to the nations. Any, any big uh, winter solstice fans? It's your birthday. It's your birthday, dude. Was it someone else's birthday? Anyway, my daughter's daily's birthday is tomorrow, so. so last, last day. Yeah, someone else's. I can't, can't put my finger on it. Maybe they're not here. Anyway. So here we are in this dark moment, light of the world. Um, yeah. So we live in today. It's Demetrius' birthday. That's what it is. Yeah, where's she? Uh, yeah. So in the midst of our current world disruptions, God is doing something now, right? That we get to be a part of, right? This is sort of what we we're trying to gather here. And so, who who is this servant this morning? Could it could it be you? Who is this servant? Could be us, right? How do we how do we read this, right? There's a prophecy after all, you know. That's the fun thing about prophecies. You can just sort of like copy and paste anything you want on there, right? And then publish books and make lots of money, uh, right? Perhaps, you know. Perhaps our greatest error is that we've made these words and our faith so much about tomorrow and what's going to happen tomorrow rather than what's happening here and now, today, right, in this present moment. And so, um, any, so who, are the, who are the clock watchers? Kevin, I think Kevin's going to raise his hand. Aiden, so-so, a few? Yeah. If we're honest, we've got about a third here. And, uh, and I stole this clock, this beautiful clock from the, from the kids' room. This is, a, this is a great clock, isn't it? Do you know why? What time is it right now? Nine ten? Is that uh yeah. What about having a grandfather clocks, right? No batteries required. You just let that thing go and it just It's the battery people. They're behind everything. You don't know it's true really until you have kids and then you're like, oh the battery people. <laughs> They're the ones, right? 
Um, yeah. Do you count the hours until Christmas when you're a kid? Like, is it here? Is it here? Not, you know, and, and you're just like eager. And, and honestly, you know, I, I was very, you know, excited about Christmas as a kid. But if I'm, if I'm really honest, it, it was just because I knew I was going to get like a toy under the tree, right? You know, absolutely had nothing to do with Jesus. You know, it was just like, I mean, we, we went to church and all that, but I was like, I'm going to unwrap me a toy on Christmas morning. I'm excited about it. But it was always very anticlimactic. Uh, my sister and I were like, I think caused great depression for my parents, my grandparents, because on Christmas morning, like, we would just, like, they would wake us up, and we would just log in the room, we're like, this, and they've got the camera rolling, like, you can watch this stuff. And we're just like, oh, no presents. And we get on the floor, and we're like, boxes. You know, and, and our parents who had, like, prepared this moment, are like, aren't you excited? And we're like, what? You know, and uh, you know, so I think we were just like a complete letdown for like joy embodied on Christmas morning. But uh, you know, I mean, Ninja Turtles is pretty cool. But um, yeah, well, I, I've always been, I've always been a clock watcher. It's, it's sort of like, it's sort of like my, my vice, but my virtue. Uh, you know, depending on the how you turn the gym, I guess. Uh, you know, and so I've always been hyper aware what time it is and, and how much time I need to, to have to get to my next thing. And, and, but instead of like, you would think this would make me like a very present person, uh, but it's like the opposite, right? Because I'm always thinking about the next thing. I'm always thinking about how to, to get to the next thing. And so I have to be super intentional about being present uh, in this conversation, in this moment, in this place, right? And so you just sort of have to stop and take a breath and put my watch away or something, right? Uh, it's, it's the opposite. And so ironically, it's the thing that, that um, bothers me about the people who are unaware of what time it is that I also super appreciate and wish that I had some up, right? Not all of it, just a little bit of it, you know? <laughs> it's like, it's the gift that... Uh, it's sort of like Chelsea, because Chelsea preached on some of this last week, and how, of course, she's in another room, so we'll just talk about her. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's what causes, uh, you know, Chelsea to spend four hours in a coffee shop with her friend while her husband thinks she's, like, dead somewhere. You know, it's this, it's this ability to be present in this thing, totally unaware. Like, I'm like, give me some of that. Not all of it, just, you know, I just need a little bit, you know. And so, it takes a little bit of intentionality not to... Uh, watch the clock, and so um, that's why. That's why I like. Uh, that's why I like Goofy. You guys, you know, like Disney Goofy. Like he's so good. He actually reminds me. I was just thinking about this. Like he reminds me of Solomon a little bit. Like because he's like he's so present. He's unaware of his body. You know, it's just like this stuff is stuff is happening. As he's always like falling off or stuff. And he's like, we were watching the 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 Mickey Christmas whatever the, the other day, and he he was like talking to Max, and he was like. You know, a broken clock is right two or three times a day, you know? And uh, I was like, this is great. This is it's so good, you know? Uh, a broken clock is right two or three times a day. But, um, yeah, what does it mean to be present? Um, I don't do this a lot, but I have, I have a quote I want to read for you guys, and it's a little lengthy. And I'll only do this for people uh, like Wendell Berry. But um, I want to read this a little bit. Uh, from what he writes. He says, uh, he says, we are in an escapist society. 
He writes, our, our country was settled largely by escapees, people leaving behind the past or a place in some manner, used up, heading off for a new place, right, where the future was expected to be brighter. And as a people, we have escaped to the west, from the east, from the country to the city, from the city to the suburbs, from the suburbs back to the country, or back to the city. And we have never known well enough or worked well enough where we are. This has almost been a movement from old damage to new destruction, and always with the aim of making a better future for our children. In fact, actual work is that it actually uh, good requires, uh, requires good of us to give our minds entirely to the present. If one is to build a fine chair or a fine house, one must give one's whole thought to the work as the work required it, moment to moment. To be distracted by even the thought of finishing the work, he writes, or by the thought of the clock or a deadline is to work badly. You ever like trying to like, you know, do a do a task while you're distracted? You know what I'm saying? It's like, and that always it pretty much explains a lot of my college grades. Actually, <laughs> I'm thinking about it, but um, it says to be dead to oneself is to be alive to the work. It is to be alive in the present, the only time we are alive. And to continue to live there so long as we don't look at the clock. And then he goes on to say, um, this last little bit, to be instead alive primarily to ourselves, to the infernal uh, importance of being myself, and the centrality of the future to this peripheral self, is to withhold ourselves from the present and from everything that is present with us, our families, our neighbors, our places. What does it mean to be present to our places, to our families, to our friends, to where we are, to the work that we have to do? Um, you ever thought that it's not all about you? I love, I love that mantra because my, my wife always reminds me of that. And so, it's, uh, you know, it's always, it's ever present. Yeah, I know. Uh, you ever thought that it's not all about you? Uh, it's one of my favorite. If I'm ever going to get a tattoo, it's just going to be like, this is not about me. Uh, and, uh, I think it would make a great tattoo. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that um, personal presence. It's not about our personal presence. We're really, we have a huge high value in our society about, you know, you be you and your, you know, your personal presence and all, and all that. What, what does it mean that, that when you're missing uh, from being present also to your, your places and your people, right, that that, that, that doesn't just harm you, that, that harms everything. That, that harms our, our ecosystem of society and culture and your, your community, right? Uh, what, what does it mean that uh, uh, to be present to, to our people? Uh, there's a there's a video floating around right now that, that I think is kind of funny, and uh, it's John Christ, and he's like laying on his bed, and it's called like virtual church, and he like puts on this headset, and and then and then it goes to the screen, and it's like and you first like you pick the denomination you want to worship at that morning, and so you can go like you know you can go like. Pentecostal or Baptist or you know Amish, and then uh, you choose, and then you choose, 